You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everyone. My name is Pia from the podcast Metal and High Heels that you're listening to at the moment. I'm here together with Kiki, and we also have a guest. Hello, Lindsay Hartz from Foxblood. Hi, how are you? All the way from Los Angeles, California. <laughs> We're good, thank you. I hope you're good too. Um, before we start talking about your fashion label, Foxblood, um, we have another a more serious question, if I can say it like that. Um, you live in Los Angeles, and um, we all over the world... Um, hear about the Black Lives Matter movement. We also had demonstrations here in Germany um, and we saw the pictures from all over the world. So how is the situation at your place right now? Um, first off, I want to say thank you for standing with us all over the world. Um, watching other countries in support has been actually really encouraging um, for the movement. Uh, I am, and the brand is based in downtown Los Angeles, right when all the um, major protests started. It was, it was really very devastating, yet eye-opening for our city and our community. And um, it was actually really needed. And it's been a really um, enlightening, eye-opening experience about how much fight we still have to do for equality in America. And it's... Um, And it's something that myself and the brand definitely uh, uh, supports a lot and uh, definitely gets behind. And we went to the streets and we were protesting this last weekend even. So, yeah, it's, it's a very serious issue in the States. And thank you for asking. And um, we're very excited for change. Um, everyone's so excited for change and demanding it. And You know, we think that something, some things are definitely happening. The protests have definitely made some change already. So, yeah, it's on the up and up, but we still have so much work to do, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's been, um, yeah, we've always been pretty outspoken about it, and now we are definitely um, screaming it from the top of our lungs, for sure. Very gladly. That's good to hear. Um, it's also, it's not only in the U.S., it's all over the world, I think, that we have to continue fight racism. Yeah, it's something that, it's a conversation that still has to keep going and um, in all of our spheres, right? In all of our uh, spaces and communities. Yeah. But um, before we go further, um, as you were just saying, you have been very vocal, not only Uh, against racism, but also um, for uh, LGBTQ issues, etc. Your brand stands with all of that as well. Um, let's go a little bit further to to yeah to you to your story. Um, how did you get involved? How did you get your start in the fashion industry? Sure, um, I've always been obsessed with style and aesthetics, and. I was gifted my first sewing machine at 13 uh, for Christmas or something. And I still have that machine today. And I just started making really wacky clothes and giving them to people. And fashion's always been this like constant movement in my life. And 
Um, about 10 years ago, um, I made the decision that I wanted to, I was living in New York city, trying to do some design work there, trying to figure it out. Like in my early twenties, just like head to the pavement. Um, and I really knew I wanted to dress bands and rock stars. So I needed to get over to LA. So I did my, a New York fashion week show and it was so heavy metal inspired. Um, and then as soon as that was done, I was like, I'm going to go to LA and try to make this work. So um, I went to LA and I started, you know, making clothes, locking myself in my bedroom in Hollywood and trying to go to metal shows at night and talk to the bands and see if, you know, they wanted new stageware or something like that. And, uh, and it definitely worked out. So I, I did that for about like two years. And then, um, you know, it's so inconsistent because a band really only needs like one outfit for a tour. And then, you know, you're, you're out of work again. And then I was like, and people would start asking me, how do they get what so-and-so is wearing? And then I was like, let me just put some pieces into production that are easy and see if the fans are interested. And that's kind of how it started to develop. Um, since then I've walked away from stageware design, like occasionally someone will get me to make something like Lexi Fox just reached out recently. And I told him I do a leather jacket for him again, but pretty rarely now, now I mostly focus on Foxwood. Did you always listen to metal? How did you, uh, start your journey into the heavy music? Uh, I feel like even as a child in, uh, you know, America, Motley Crue was so just iconic and part of what we listened to, you know? Um, and I always feel like Motley Crue at the very beginning was this very random, strange inspiration, mostly because their costumes were so outlandish for the time, especially now they're not so much, but like, um, so I feel like the metal journey maybe like started with Motley Crue and obviously more of like a rock and roll type set. But I feel mm -hmm. like that's where the tipping point was and it kept going from there. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So you must have seen the Netflix movie, the film about Motley Crue, right? You know, and I didn't hate it, but I felt like it was too short. Like you can't fit <laughs> that much of a crazy life and career in 90 minutes. Like it's impossible. So I feel like just as it started to get good, it was over. That that was my mm -hmm. personal opinion on the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your opinion about the, um, well, the costumes in the movie? I think it, they did great. Um, I thought Machine Gun Kelly, who played Tommy Lee, was hands down the best uh, actor and character. And um, yeah, I thought the costuming was pretty spot on. They did a really good job with that. I, I, I thought that film all around was pretty stellar it's very nice being in uh hollywood and being semi-connected to the movie industry you know where i know these costume designers or the wardrobe stylists and um wow. you know you can see their work unfold and them get really excited and passionate about projects too and it's pretty cool because as as a, a woman in fashion i'm not i'm there but i'm not there like they call if they have like a girl who wears all black you know or something like that okay mm -hmm. wow So that's fun. I, I really liked it. Amazing. You also said that um, you started going to the clubs and talked to bands and asked if they want to work with you. So uh, with which bands have you been working since? Mm -hmm. I really have to give... I really have to give a lot of credit to Steel Panther. They really opened a lot of doors for me and they were 
so fun to dress and so fun to make costumes for. And so I got to give it to them for sure. Um, uh, Arch Enemy, uh, Alyssa, wow. you know, I made a re- a really cool outfit maybe like two years ago. It was like this white outfit with denim fringe arms and uh, it was really, really, really sick. Spikes? Yeah, there were spikes on it. There was a hood. And um, I, me and my friend um, Jessica, she owns Peep Show Clothing. She does these like body suits with all the like the ties and the rips in them that a lot of women in metal wear. So her Mm -hmm. and I um, collaborated on this piece that Alyssa wore on one full tour. So that one was really cool. I might have made her one other thing, too. I don't remember. But that piece was pretty iconic. She wore it in one of the videos as well. Um, yes damn i'm pretty starstruck right now because we've seen that outfit yeah oh do you <laughs> know what i'm talking about live. yeah 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 i should put that one on my website um uh so who else have i worked with that's really exciting um uh a lot of the women in metal like the butcher babies and um uh, in this moment uh i've been really Wow. Lucky where I get to collab with uh, Peep Show Clothing a lot because, again, she makes these amazing bodysuits. Usually I'll throw a jacket or something over it um, to custom make it that way. And again, like because I don't really work with um, the music industry as much as like I did before, like I'm really picking and choosing now when I like pick up a project, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Exciting things all around. Do you have some funny anecdotes to tell? <laughs> um, it's always interesting being backstage when you're working, you know, because you have to kind of be a fly on the wall and be professional. And, you know, you kind of get to really see everybody for what they are when you're working at a show and you can like really see what's going on behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. Some funny anecdotes. Um, oh, you know, this is, did you guys happen to go to Hellfest when um, like uh, who was on the bill? Uh, like Motorhead and Judas Priest. Um, it was, I, it was, it was five, 2015 it, I was there, yes. Yeah, it was five years ago. And yeah, I, I, I was actually there and I was with Metal Blade Records. I was being like their video correspondent interviewer backstage, something. Um, so it was really cool. So on my 30th birthday, I got to be on stage with Lemmy because it was literally my birthday. It was June 19th. And I still feel like that was one of those little moments in my like career that I will never, ever, ever forget that's like my little backstage and then there's this other moment at Hellfest backstage where I saw like um uh um me just have the most tender moments with all of these huge musicians that were just like fangirling over him you know just like watching mm-hmm. men melt over Lemmy I think is always uh one of my my highlights you know <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Also, 2015 was Lemmy's last year. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Yeah, it was quite a year, for sure. Precious, precious memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, Hellfest that year, too. I haven't been back since, but that was one of the best festivals I've ever been to. Me, too. That was the only year that I was there, uh, but it was so very impressive. Like, yeah. everything, yeah. looking around, was really, really cool. Oh, and I got to peek through Rob Halford's um, wardrobe case because uh, obviously beautiful, amazing wardrobe. And always seeing that backstage is really, really exciting because you can just kind of like peek through it, you know, without getting. Oh, and yeah. Manson, too. Manson's wardrobe case was back there. So you get to peek through and see what, you know, he's going to be wearing or how it was made or who made it. And you can see all the details that you don't yeah. really see 
from yeah. in front of the stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> from the audience, sure. So tell us a little bit about um, the development of your style. How how do you get inspired to do all these amazing creations? Mm -hmm. And do you listen to music while you create? <laughs> uh, yes, we listen to tons of music, tons of music from all over the board. Um, definitely when I'm making stuff for bands, I listen to their music for at least the first half of the process, um, you know, mm -hmm. until it becomes crazy repetitive. But uh, definitely listen to the band to just get the ultimate vibe. I feel like as a designer, you automatically become a bit of a stylist as well. So you have to envision your client wearing it, their energy, what, you know, how they're going to feel about it and back and forth. So that's definitely mm -hmm. part of the inspirational process. Um, and then, of course, being in Los Angeles, we have so many different walks of life and so many different ideas and creative outlets and galleries. Like the inspiration in Los Angeles is really um, a, a creator's uh, playground because we just have endless amounts of inspiration everywhere. That's so cool. Um, and yes, we are doing like already in that part of your of your bio, so to speak, where you uh decided to start creating clothes for just normal people <laughs> yeah unquote. like when i when i um when when i was working with the bands and people were asking for garments that they were wearing i decided to put one piece into production make 200 pieces which was a big deal for me at the time because it's not cheap to do of course and um and i did it and they sold out within like two days and i was like wow. wait a minute like are we all just looking for cool, nicely cut, ethically made basics? Like, is this what we're looking for? Because I'm into that. Like, yes. So I just started making things that were uh, all black for that were also kind of age appropriate. I feel like we're limited women who love to wear all black to these designers or stores that are like slightly juvenile, you know, like too many pentagrams or bells and whistles or buckles like can we just get some nice cool cut basics um mm -hmm. basically i started making stuff that i wanted to wear as well stuff that i was wearing when i'd go to these fittings or go to meet bands or whatever and um it really worked out and that's how fox blood was born yeah totally it was the next it was the the regular evolution i guess of something that was next in place because i also right before fox blood started to do um, like motorcycle jackets to emulate like the bands, right? And then I quickly realized that once you have one, you don't really need another one. And I was like, oh, well, that mm -hmm. that kind of defeats the purpose too. And I was like, so yeah. let's, let's actually like make full run of design. So that's how Foxblood was developed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you already said that you look for um, for material that is uh, produced cruelty free and earth friendly. Um, mm -hmm. How do you pick the the fabrics you work with? Sure. I'm actually located in what's called the Fashion District in Los Angeles, which is probably about 20 blocks of just fabrics and trimmings and factories and anything you can imagine. So um, being able to go up to endless stores and rolls of fabric and roll and tons of vendors and touch everything and negotiate and see who made it and where it came from and uh, that's something that 
I really pride myself on that I have, I, I'm able to do that because I, I live in Los Angeles. I'm sure I could if I lived in like Hong Kong or a little bit in New York City, but LA seems to be like the giant hub um, where I get to be hands-on picking out all the fabric. And like picking out the fabric for Foxblood, most importantly, it's obviously got to be black. It's got to be durable yet extremely soft. So I don't really want um, a piece to get thrown in the dryer and then it's destroyed, you know? And, you know, that kind of like mm-hmm. cheap rayon kind of fabric. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, uh, those are my my desires when picking out fabric. And that it has to be flat- flattering on all body types. It's really important to me that size inclusivity happens more in the fashion industry, especially with smaller yes. brands. There's no reason why we shouldn't, you know? There, there really is zero reason. So that's also mm-hmm. uh, a fabric thing is you don't think about that, but you want to make sure it looks good on all body types. Yeah, I also saw that you explicitly have the plus size um, designs. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, so the um, the signature Foxblood line always goes from extra small to three, possibly four X, depending on the design. So, mm-hmm. and it's always been like that. There's been no reason to not do that. Like our our customers are all shapes and sizes, and yeah, yeah. And it's really cool to also see that on the photos of the products. So. They yeah, also, they look so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um, that was really important too. And uh, I've not necessarily our brand because we've kind of always done this, but lots of if you read other brands' comments on Instagram or whatever, people are always like, "Can I see what it looks like on a plus size model?" And most of these brands don't even have access to them. But uh, in our warehouse, uh, we have <laughs> a full range of sizes that could model that day. So we always talk about who has the best hair makeup or nails that day and it's like okay you're up time for you to model like it is your turn so it's really never like what looks what in best we're just like okay you know there's four different sizes here of ladies to model like let's who's up today so we never like make it a thing like gotta make a plus size one gotta do this it's just what we what we do you know we just make it everyday life That's so perfect. I'm hearing out so many very important topics that are so near and dear to our hearts here at uh, Metal and High Heels um, because, well, we started the magazine, you know, for women in metals, both supporting the women in metal and also catering to a female metal head audience. And so uh, feminism is a very important thing to me, I think, to Pia as well. And um, this representation, you know, to see uh, all types of of bodies and and colors of persons like represented in in not only in the media we see, which is uh, slowly getting better, but also in the um, advertising Mm -hmm. of, well, of brands, you know, And the metal community or, or, or the, the goth and black wearing community, so to speak, is also kind of a niche. Mm-hmm. So that hasn't been a focus mm-hmm. yet in my uh, experience. So mm-hmm. it's really refreshing to see um, that variety of, of, of people wearing your, your products. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting when uh, everything's been going down the last you know three weeks with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, all these other brands are getting called out for not showing women of color, uh, you know, mm-hmm. size inclusivity, all these things. And I'm sitting here like, weren't we all doing this? Like, what? how come no one, 
why why is this not a thing like i i really mm-hmm. i don't even think about it anymore you know yeah so it was yes, really eye opening to re- like be like no lindsay you're in your bubble of your good people that all <laughs> the same you know and now we're getting this wider picture like oh wow we have so much work to do still yeah please stay there and widen mm-hmm. the bubble mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> totally yes it's also yeah, a, a question or i'm always wondering because it's you can also sell more products if you have this um if you if you show people with black skin color how these products look on them or if you show plus size models so that yeah i feel like everybody yeah everyone wants to relate you know and Mm -hmm. um you know fashion and style isn't for one specific person by any means you know it's it's Mm -hmm. literally for everybody and that's why i kind of love fashion too it really lets you showcase how you're feeling um yes and you know it gives you this uh moment of control on yourself like you might not be able to control the weather or you know the moment of politicians but you can control what you're going to wear that day how you're going to present yourself and how you're going to go about it so Exactly. I think it's also uh, not very long ago that uh, makeup brands started uh, making foundation in tons of more shades. And it's like, okay, uh, all of these um, skin colors have been there forever. Why yeah. are they just thinking about yeah. it now? It's about time, right? About time. Yeah, totally. But that's that was uh, the point I was uh, going towards. Um, I think it's kind of a process for the um well for brands of course it's more complicated you know mm-hmm. uh for it has to go through all of the of the process of um uh, creating innovating and producing and then marketing and everything but you of course have more of a um a lot more power and influence and and all of that And, um, well, and, and what I was saying, this process, like, of being conscious of, mm-hmm. of some kind of, 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 yeah, of problem or, or change that has to be made. And that's also something that happened to us kind of personally with the whole um, fashion industry. It's not, uh, it might be like seven years ago that I watched a few documentaries about fast fashion and all of that mm-hmm. and decided to start making more conscious decisions about uh, what I'm wearing, uh, how often I'm buying pieces of clothing and and where they come from, who made your clothes is a very important hashtag that, um, that has been also making its way around social media in the past few years. And it's so important to know uh, what... Um, Yeah, who made your clothes? Where are yeah. they coming from? Um, how is this impacting the whole planet yeah. in the end? You know, yeah. that it might seem trivial to, to to buy a piece of clothing, but it has actually so much effect. Was that something that happened to you as well, uh, like this consciously, or were you raised um, ethically? I, st- I and- still feel like that every day. I feel every day like I could do better. You know, it's, um, it's always <laughs> this long process and... Um, You know, even just like the smallest, smallest, tiniest changes, even in the business, like switching to um, like, uh, oh, we're switching all of our packaging to like recycled materials, you know? So like any, any like mailer you get is all like recycled and can be like 
decomposed um, pretty quickly. So like even these like tiny things every day, we need to like go to the next, next, next. But um, I am really yes. excited that all the Foxblood signature garments are made in Los Angeles by um, family owned factories, which is really cool, you know, and I know them all and, you know, we visit them and we send them lunch all the time and yeah, it's nice. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. How does that reflect on the prices? Um, I when I when I started Foxwood particularly, I said I didn't want to make anything that my friends couldn't afford because what was the point, right? Mm -hmm. So when when building um, the designs and picking out fabric and building the voice, that the pricing was kind of built into that as well. Um, and my garments aren't like let's say if I designed a motorcycle jacket. Um, and having that produced is very, very expensive, you know, mm. but, um, like easy wear garments, like we design, like I, I designed those so you can be comfortable and casual and still cool. So I was like, okay, this price point needs to definitely, um, fit that description. You know, it's not like a, mm -hmm. like a gown or, you know, um, a showpiece, like a jacket or whatnot. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I also saw <laughs> you create shoes. Um, so we partner with one of our friends um, from the shoe brand Strange Cult, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and he's Ryan. So he's helped us uh, develop shoes a little bit, and that's um, that's been really fun. It's been cool. We have one pair we've designed with him. It was really great. Well, actually, I think at this point we might have three, um, but he kind of handles all that. I can't really take too much credit, other than I was like, I want a boot with a pointy heel. Like, <laughs> So. <laughs> so you can basically buy everything, a whole outfit in your shop. Oh, yeah. Top to bottom, for sure. <laughs> um, I love that, too. I actually will sometimes notice an order that has, like, the shoes, the sunglass, the dress, the jacket. And we're like, <laughs> yes, girl, get it. And a hat, you know, <laughs> the whole look. Um, I can also read on your homepage that your um, the business is 100% female-owned. Yep. Please tell us a little bit about that. Sure. The entire staff. Um, so me, obviously, as uh, the owner and designer. Uh, I have Katie, and she is the creative director and um, marketing. And then I have Amy, who's been with me the longest. And she's like started as my, my assistant because I couldn't manage orders myself anymore out of my loft. And now we're in this massive warehouse. But now she's like head of the shipping department. And then um, I have, you know, it's funny. I should tell you who these models are. So Katie has the pink hair on my website. Okay. <laughs> All right. uh, uh, Amy has the purple and blue hair. And she was my assistant who now is the um, warehouse manager. And Gina has the neon green hair. And she is also a warehouse manager. Um, and then a couple not pictured is our... Um, production manager and her name is Kathy and she deals with all the factories and the designs. Once I've designed them, she goes and takes care of that. And then we have another one named Elise and she is in Portland and she also works for um, another big name sneaker brand and also us as our photo editor and graphic designer. So that is, and then of course there's like a couple random people here and there that is like part-time helping with shipping or whatever, but always women. So big, big woman team, which is nice. Yeah, cool. <laughs> It's always cool, yeah. too, when we're all together and walking around or, like, walking to the post office with these big barrels of packages, and they're all like, what are these girls doing? What <laughs> what do they have going on in their warehouse? Like, 
they're doing something right. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we are um, then at the present, so to speak. It's been a crazy year. 2020 has been all over the place. Um, has I- I'm sure or. Or is it right to assume that um, your plans for 2020, you know, regarding fashion styles for the upcoming seasons and everything, mm-hmm. has that changed? Uh, what were your, what was your vision of 2020 mm-hmm. in clothes? Yeah, so um, coronavirus hit Los Angeles probably, um, I think it was late April it hit here. And that's when things started mm-hmm. to get really crazy but all of my spring festival collection was due to arrive like the following week after our city got on lockdown (laughs) so I was like the festival collection is totally cool great that's a wash um so that and then you know through summer we think about like light dresses and you know uh more festivals and just being with your friends at the beach and And Mm -hmm. I was like, I think I have to throw that out too now. Like, let's make some just comfortable, um, easy one piece type of outfits (laughs) that you can stay at home. But if you need (laughs) to go walk your dog or pop into the grocery, like you still feel and look good. So that kind of change, which is something I usually more do in fall, you know, because fall is cozy and like whatever. And now I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. let's, uh, I think it's time that everyone needs a little self care and just wants to feel comfortable for a little while. If there's anything, they just want to feel comfortable, at least in their clothes. Um, So that's how 2020s designs have evolved currently. (laughs) Like I took a poll on Instagram recently. I was like, what does everybody want to wear right now? Because I just kind of want to wear sweatpants and crop tops like is anybody else out there with me yeah yeah (laughs) so that's uh that's how the new design process went and then we uh oh like um dressing robes like just robes to wear on your house like house robes those Mm we um really sold a ton of through this pandemic because i i just hope that everyone's home just being cozy and feeling good in their nice robes you know so that's been fun to redesign too during this The first thing that I did when the lockdown, or we didn't really have a lockdown, but they also told us to stay at home. Um, I bought new sweatpants because I thought exactly. I want to eat them. <laughs> exactly. Yes, very much so. So I, uh, as still as 2021 comes up, I have no idea. And usually I'm pretty thinking far ahead, but everything is mm-hmm. so day by day right now. So yes. that's, that's kind of how I'm designing. And I feel very lucky as a millennial to have that kind of quick thinking um, where I'm, yeah. I'm willing and able to change something up very quickly, you know, where I feel like a little bit of the older generation is so set in their ways and it's this way and no other way and it can't be done. But millennials are like, okay, if that's not working, we're going to change it. Let's do it. Let's, let's wrap it around and we'll, we'll do that pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, and it was also so, it sounds like really um, advantageous to just be able to react that quickly and just, um, you know, bring bring about that change. Um, yeah, so, so quickly as well. Um, I must say, though, something that happened to me in my 11 weeks of uh, self-quarantining was wanting to dress up <laughs> yeah. 
even though it was just for home office and uh -huh. sitting around on my couch working uh -huh. or or on my in my living room working yeah. i really started to wear you know skirts and a little bit of makeup now now and then so that uh yeah just for myself you know to feel better yeah sometimes you gotta do that too i was <laughs> I remember like pulling out um, my nice shoes to go to the grocery store the other day. I was like, "Ooh, we're going out. Let's go. Like, <laughs> we are going somewhere. Yeah, I was also almost um, about to wear heels to the dentist one day that I had yeah. to go out. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really interesting um, quarantine experience, especially in the fashion world and watching also how other brands respond to it and You know, and then they're also like making these masks and profiting off of masks. And I found that to be mm -hmm. really disgusting when the lockdown first happened. Um, uh, our nurses and doctors were like really hurting for personal protective equipment in America. Like it was yeah. not good. So as soon as the lockdown happened, I canceled all of our production and made a bunch of masks to be donated to hospitals and stuff uh, immediately. Like just. Mm -hmm. And I know a couple of the designers that like ran with it, but now I just see a lot of designers just trying to profit off of it. And I find it really like hard, like hard, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's it. I like, I get everybody needs masks and stuff like that, but like the mm -hmm. designer masks for like hundred, hundred plus. And I'm like, Oh, it's a weird, it's a weird moment yeah. in fashion that we're trying to, to work through. Mm. Yeah. I've seen many um, bands or a few bands do merch like merch masks with their lo band logo and everything mm -hmm. and i mean um for them it's, it's more than justified you know because yeah. all of their uh, live gig income has been yeah. thrown yeah. out or postponed absolutely so that is fine but um how else has the whole shows. pandemic affected <laughs> you and uh, maybe more broadly the whole fashion industry Sure. Um, it's affected us because our supply chain is very limited. So all of our favorite fabrics we use have been, no one's been able to get them because back in January, um, China was shut down and then all the ports from anywhere else around the world was shut down. So no one could get their fabrics in. Um, and then even like the shoe orders, those all got delayed. And then on top of that, our staff got cut completely in half it was just me and amy because we already pretty much are in each other's lives 24 7 so <laughs> we were like okay if we're gonna quarantine we're gonna quarantine together and it was just her and i packing and filling orders and still to this day we're super far behind because we didn't want to put anyone else at risk we didn't want to you know put us in risk anymore put someone else at risk bring them to work so that delayed all of our shipments a great deal and customers have not been happy about that so that's been like really hard to deal with. And I know, I think a lot of other brands are, are also um, dealing with this. And the post office, uh, sometimes will ship internationally, sometimes it won't. It, it'll like do it for like one day window and then, but you can never tell. So that's been tricky. International shipping has been awful. Um, and then I, I like mm -hmm. miss my friends and family. My family's in New York and I'm, I'm in um, California and that's like completely across the country. I really miss my family. And um, I miss going to shows, you know, of course everybody does. Mm -hmm. And so that that's weighing on the brain to inspiration wise, for sure. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, that's something that um, everybody all around the world has been dealing with. Right. Mm -hmm. We miss our music. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is our time. Like I can't believe our summers got canceled. What a bummer. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind when they said there won't be 
big events until the end of summer. Okay, they just killed festival season. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We still don't know if Coachella is actually going to happen or not. It's due for October, um, mm -hmm. but we 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 don't know. You know, we're all skeptical. Mm. But Coachella is on everyone's mind for sure. Yeah, I think it would also feel weird to go there. Yes. So I couldn't go to an event and be 100% relaxed as I normally would be. Absolutely. For sure. So yeah, that's going to be very interesting too. To see how that plays out. Yeah. But let's go back to more colorful topics maybe. Um, do you have a makeup artist that you're working with? Uh, yes, actually I do. And I've uh, been helping her develop an eyelash brand, actually. Her name is Morgan McVeigh. And she's starting a new lash brand called Onks Lashes, which is really exciting. So she comes in and she does all of the makeup for the editorial shoots. Not so much the product shots of like the, the girls on the white backgrounds on the website, but mm -hmm. all of the like the editorials or if we do videos or um, anything like that, she comes in and uh, she just she's just the best. She she kills it. So, yes, definitely. I, I get asked a lot by other um Uh, brand owners like how do I do what I do and what what kind of tips would you give and I always tell people to hire a makeup artist for your first couple times for sure even though it seems like it's a crazy expensive it's going to make everything look consistent and mm -hmm. uh, also hire a photo editor so everything looks consistent so those are two very very important things in my opinion when it comes to the fashion industry mm -hmm. do you have a favorite makeup brand um, I love sugar pill right now Are you familiar with them? They're a smaller one in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, I really like Sugar Pill right now. They're probably one of my favorites. I kind of like Huda Beauty, but most people don't like it because it's so heavily scented. It's got a really like heavy floral scent, but I just really like okay. the way the makeup wears. So most people are like, how do you wear it? I'm like, I don't know. I just ignore it. Uh, what, <laughs> what what kind of oh and milk makeup I really like them too do you have any of these brands over there uh, sugar pill I think I've seen them but I might also have seen them in Ecuador I was uh, back there last year for six months uh -huh. <laughs> that's where I come from originally uh -huh. um, uh, but probably through international shipping mm -hmm. We, I think in the past years, and maybe you also have an opinion about it, uh, we got Kat Von D's products mm, mm -hmm. in store mm -hmm. here in Germany. I mean, it's a great product. You can love her or hate her, but like that, it's a great product at the end of the day, for sure. So, um, yeah, Kat's, yeah, uh, you either love her or hate her, man. And I think <laughs> she is a brilliant businesswoman and an entrepreneur, and she's very talented you can't deny that so yeah that's kind of how i feel about cat i've never met her i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, do you guys have that. like do you have urban decay over there urban decay cosmetics no i don't think I'm so but, it, sure. but the name sounds familiar so yes not for sure i got to go to one of their game of thrones parties which was really fun i was like oh okay <laughs> wow game of thrones right you you familiar yes yeah so they had like they brought out the big i don't know where they got it or what but they had the huge um chair that everyone at that party and uh it was pretty cool so yeah i like i support urban decay a lot for sure as well 
That's really cool. And the brands that you have mentioned, are they also uh, vegan, cruelty-free, etc.? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Very important, for sure. And most brands are at this point. I mean, I, uh, I feel like the ones that aren't are usually drugstore brands or usually the ones that are on the forefront of trends and um, all that I think are, are pretty well known to be vegan cruelty free because they'll get called out if not man the internet yeah. will take you down if not <laughs> hell yeah um in the beginning you told us how you design the clothes for bands that mm -hmm. you listen to their music when you design it um is it different when you create clothes for normal people i think about my friends a lot i think about where we're going what we want to wear there Like there was one piece that we designed because we were thinking about Halloween time at Disneyland. And we were like, oh. what do we want to wear to Disneyland around Halloween time? Because we've got to look cute, you know, and we got to like be comfortable. So sometimes I think about what I want to wear to a certain place or an event um, with my friends. That that really is definitely inspiration. Yeah, cool. Nice. <laughs> you also... Um work together or um, support LGBTQ um, yes. charities, yes. etc. Yes. So, but also your brand is female-owned, as you already said. Mm -hmm. um, do you also design a little bit further away of the gender stereotypes? What's the thinking behind that? Um, I... I saw this company say something great the other day where they said fabric has no gender. And I thought that was so brilliant yeah. because I mean, if you want to wear it, wear it, you know, but there definitely mm -hmm. is a lot of, uh, forgivability in my designs. They're always oversized. They're always, um, uh, I think about h half of the collection I think could look pretty unisex if styled correctly for sure. Mm -hmm. And, I don't even think I necessarily think about that. I think I just, um, yeah, design with all body types in mind necessarily. So. Mm -hmm. That's nice. But definitely, there's definitely some male presenting customers that send us photos for sure. Um, and rocking it, making it look amazing. We'll sometimes post them. They're not very often. When, when we post photos of customers, It's often um, really, really high quality photos, and customers don't often mm -hmm. send those. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's kind of hit or miss if it gets like reposted. Yeah. So true. But definitely a lot of male customers for sure still. And mm -hmm. men who buy gifts for their ladies is always nice when we get emails like, okay, here's what she looks like. Here's a picture. What size do you think she is? And what should I get her? And like, that's always fun too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I have one final question. I would make this question the last question. So Kiki, if you have anything left to ask, then do it before I ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I was thinking about the future. Um, if, well, as you said, uh, we are all taking it day by day and mm -hmm. um, planning for the future is quite difficult at the moment. But are there still any bands you would like to dress? Are there still any 
big plans you would want to make reality in yeah in styling or or fashion trends um in that sense um i th i would actually probably like to do something for Alyssa again because she was really fun um and <sighs> are you familiar with the women in metal here in europe um a little maybe okay is that like is that a is that I feel like, okay, I follow this one designer named Painkiller Clothing. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Is that, is that familiar? No. Or no? Oh, um, maybe I just know through that way then. Is that Ladies of Metal like a group? Is that? Well, it's a, I would like to is say a, movement. <laughs> it's a movement. Okay, got no, it. You yeah. know, no, no. You know, with the whole, um, there was, uh, we had this debate once about female fronted metal, that concept and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. We have just found uh, through experience that there is like a big fan community um, supporting women in metal. Yeah. They are not always the singers. They are sometimes guitarists or drummers yeah. or bass players. And um, here in Germany, there's like, so there were like a few festivals where we would all um, meet each other, so to speak. So uh, the bands don't always make it that far um, as to the U.S. or very slowly. Uh -huh. But, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Laguna Coil from Italy. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Within Temptation, Delane yeah. from uh, the Netherlands and Nightwish probably, right? So um, maybe those, although thinking about their style, Laguna Coil might be a fit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 always down to to look at some people's style and get some inspo and here to help. And if I can't like make something for someone, I have such a cool Rolodex of other designers that I've worked with or I now recommend people to, which is pretty cool. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, there's a lot of really awesome seamstresses right now making some cool metal clothes, for sure. Have you done anything um, more special? Because we've talked a lot about. Um, day-to-day -day wear mm -hmm. that you do have you done I don't know wedding stuff um no I haven't done anything like, like that, that but I've definitely made some red carpet gowns in the past and uh wow. you know things like that um but not not necessarily okay. recently but definitely in the past and as I was working as a, a designer and a stylist you know it's your client wants to portray this certain style so you make that dress with that in mind and go from there perfect cool. yeah and any other uh big re big reveals for the future you would want to share with us and our audience um i'm very excited about this lash brand that i'm i'm teaming up with morgan onk slash which is mm -hmm. really exciting um and we had to close our storefront um we had an actual storefront people could visit, which was really great because if you were a tourist or coming in from out of town, you could stop in and meet us and try stuff on. Um, we had to close it due to the pandemic because nice. no one could come visit it. And it, we're in mm -hmm. Los Angeles and it's very expensive. But we are officially building out a new one. No one knows it yet. So that's very exciting. We are building out a new storefront. Ooh, exciting news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're always looking for a, a European distributor. Um, to carry more of our garments, you know, we're carried in attitude clothing. And I think that's about it in Europe. So if any more um, stores want to, want to, want to come on over and carry some Fox blood, let me know. 
Um, but we <laughs> do free international shipping with orders over two fifty, I believe. Which I mean, shipping 200. overseas, yeah, over two hundred dollars. Yeah, shipping overseas mm-hmm. is already fifty dollars. You know, so that's what mm-hmm. we we give that little incentive for international orders. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. All right, we will put your. Uh, the link to your website in the show notes. So if anybody wants to give you some info, some insider info about a distributor in Europe. Um, yeah, any stores. You tell those stores you want them to carry us and I'll, we'll make it happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. As always, the show notes are on metal-n-highheels.com slash podcast. And Pia, you had a very fun question for the end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a fun question. It- It's a very obvious question. Um, please tell us the story behind the brand's name. Why is your brand called Foxblood? Uh, I knew I wanted it to be two words. So um, I had a crush on somebody and I would always call them the little fox. So, um, and that went really sour. And it was, it was fresh on my brain when I was developing Foxblood. And I was like, Fox, like what? And I was like, and I was feeling shitty and my heart was hurting. And I was like, Fox, Fox, Foxy, Fox, like Fox, Fox blood. And that was it. So that's how that, that name started. Yeah. And I like that they, (laughs) if they see that my brand is like floating around or an ad or something, I like that they have to sit with it and be like, fuck, that was probably about me. (laughs) Yeah. It sure was. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet, sweet revenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's amazing Mm -hmm. is there anything else you would want to say no thanks so much for talking to me i'm gonna look up ladies in metal um i very rarely get to talk to anybody in the uk so i'm really stoked to talk to you perfect uh well we're in germany but our audience is all over the world so sorry yes (laughs) i don't have anybody in germany either yeah like this is great so it's very nice talking to you Do you guys ever make it to the States? Maybe when everything blows over, you can make a Los Angeles trip. I'll take you to the rainbow. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will do. I'm an rainbow. avid I'm an avid uh, GTA 5 player, so <laughs> in my mind, I already know Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Come But I have visit. to Look be there. Up. And we'll, we'll catch up and have a drink and go to a show. Perfect, will do. Um, yeah, for that, the pandemic would have to go away and mm-hmm. your government as well. <laughs> I know. We're working on it. We are working on it. We are working on it. Yes, please. Yeah. Very important year for that as well, this 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody out there, um, whether you're in the US or not, go vote. There are some um, elections coming up uh, here in Germany as well, uh, some local elections. In Ecuador as well, I'm registering right now to vote for my home country for the first time in my 13 years of living abroad. That's, uh, uh, well, that's on me, but uh, yeah, uh, getting better, right? Yes. Yes. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. It's been amazing, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Cool. Yeah. It's always my turn to say thank you and bye-bye. And thank you out there for listening. (laughs) Yes, don't forget to subscribe to the Metal and High Heels podcast and follow us on socials. And we will talk to everybody next time. Thank you so much. Yeah, and also follow Foxblood. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, and they have a YouTube channel. Yeah, foxblood.com.
Foxglove.com. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bye-bye.